it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still pick to that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast. I'm delighted to be welcome along now, Connor Edwards, as always. Connor, you're very welcome along. Kevin, thanks very much. Um, my favourite time of the week. Excellent, excellent. We're on episode 39 now, and it's hard to believe. <laughs> and in this episode, then, we'll catch up with Martin Brady to hear his latest adventures and, oh, what an adventure it was. And then we also get a chance to catch up with Patrick Crook. And, like, Patrick... I just love his attitude, you know, he's not going to let a wheelchair stop and doing what he wants to do, but, you know, I'll let him tell you all about that later on. But I suppose the main topic conversation this week has been Rally Japan, you know, the, the, the final round of the WRC. Um, we, we, we kind of thought it would be a bit dull with all the championships decided, no, but it was nothing but dull corner at the finish up. <laughs> anything but, um, <laughs> there's so, so many things went on. And so much happened in such a short space of time, you know, and, and so many different issues. I don't know where you'd even start. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, I suppose, where do we start? Like, you know, Toyota come away with a bit of a bloody nose, you know. They're, I would say they were expecting there to go and look out the podium almost, you know. Um, didn't work that way. Um, you know, these punchers, that, you know, uh, Sebastian Oje was giving out wild about them all weekend. And the issues, like... You have to look at it and say he has a point. Absolutely. A couple of different things there, definitely. OJ, OJ went there to win. OJ, that, that was his main thing. It was, look, final event for Toyota in the year. Everything was wrapped up. He was there to win that event, not mm-hmm. come second, not come third. Um, He was gutted, if not fucking raging, that, you know, his his rally was scuppered um, so early on on, on the Friday. Uh, I think there was a tally done there um, on social media of the punctured for, and basically it's something like the Rally One crews throughout the year have had sixty nine punctures. It's like an incredible statistic, and you really do have to to question how come. Uh, yeah, I would become you know like a puncture was almost a thing of the past. You know, like we, we, I know a few years ago, like there was run flat tires and all, but like the the previous. Uh, uh, supplier of tires, they they were producing tires that was almost unburstable. You know, you had to do something really crazy to, you know, and maybe it adds a wee bit of drama to the thing. But at the same time, these are the best guys and drivers in the world, and it's been decided for you know, the clip corner too tight or at that from that side of it, it's it's a bit unfair. Well, you know, you take OJ's first event of the year, Monte Carlo. You know, robbed because of a puncture. He he should have won that event, not Loeb. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge Loeb fan, but you know that was OJ's event to mm-hmm. to, to win, and uh, there his last you know round of the championship there in Japan again, you know was leading after the first stage. There shouldn't have been any question mark over OJ not winning that rally. Mm-hmm. No, and like you know, it's not even that they're running over massive rocks or taking massive cuts. It's just a fine line, you know. It just there seemed to be 
just on the edge, aren't they? You know, it's not that the, the drivers doing anything crazy. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, there's there's a lot around, and, and and a word that was used quite a bit this year was you know debeating the tire. Where basically it doesn't seem to take much for the the tire just to get knocked off the rim, so it's not technically a puncture as such. Yeah. You know, the, there's nothing going into the tire or, or breaking the the the, the tire wall, mm-hmm. but it's that debeating seems to be quite an issue throughout the year. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, like Hyundai taking a one two like that has to hurt Toyota. Like, um, great for Toyota, or for Hyundai, and there's no doubt about it. Like when we consider the car they started off and Monte Carlo was. Like what would have been the odds not at the finish of the year? <laughs> Absolutely, and like you know, Bar- um, Catalonia had no sooner finished than Terry Neville was telling everyone he was out to win Japan and bring you know, as you say, the bloody nose to to Toyota. Um, you know, had had Hyundai started the season the way they finished. I don't think Toyota would have been bringing home the drivers' championship and possibly not the manufacturers' championship yeah. from more or less the second half of the season. It's Hyundai have been on the front foot and you know Toyota on the back foot, and that's with all the issues that Hyundai still have. Yeah. It's and not they, like the car is not fully sorted yet. <laughs> exactly, you know they they haven't got to the bottom of getting that car fully drivable for all you know for both Neville and, and Tanak and Sordo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they, they've had an incredible second half of the year they've won five events they've never won five events before ever <laughs> even the year they picked up the manufacturers championship so it's actually been quite a strong year for them but with all of the issues going on behind the scenes it's kind of taken away from that yeah I, I even that start I didn't realize that you know like that just shows you know how good a year it was and what could have been <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and the issues that Tanak has had between hybrid issues, differential issues, you know, he had both in Japan on the first day, but he's been plagued with them throughout the year, as well as a, a car that hasn't been handling to his liking and issues around, you know, the differentials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, had they come out of the, you know, it was said that they started the year on the back foot. The car was late coming, getting, you know, everything pulled together. They were late getting the sign off from from Korea, even that they were going to go ahead with the Rally 1 car. Um, had they come out, you know, and started Monte Carlo in normal circumstances, I think it would have been Hyundai's year, not Toyota's. Yeah, and that, you know, that's a huge statement, considering... Like how done the Toyota was at the start of the year, uh, you know, and like we can't take it away from Rogan Perra, he's the youngest champion and all that. But yeah, like the second half of the season, I think Tanak and the Val both outscored him. You know, I, yes, he was probably driving with the championship in mind. And we, we have to obviously take that into account. But like, yeah, yeah, I do. There's, I do think there's a lot of credence in what you're saying. You know, so yeah, look, you know, obviously Rogan Perra was was driving more carefully at the end of the year, but then on the same or on the counter argument he wasn't being as challenged at the beginning of the year by Tanak and Neville in the same way so mm-hmm. you know it, it kind of was his to run away with which he did yeah that's for sure that is for sure and then you know we'll take it in for like a step on like Evans who should have been champion at almost and waiting at the start of the year had a like her horrible year and seemed to be turning the corner in Japan but cruel luck seemed to rob him again. Like he was on the fight for the one two, but even Saturday, it just it just seemed to be slipping away from him. Then you know he got unlucky again on the Sunday. But 
it's a tough call for him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, we, we've seen it this year, the, the, the new Rally 1 cars, I suppose, they're heavier, the weight is distributed differently because of the battery packs being in the, you know, center rear of the car. Some of the crews, some of the drivers just haven't gotten into the swing of driving them. And Evans is certainly one of them. It just hasn't clicked for him, especially when you compare it to the last couple of years he had prior to that. Um, and again, robbed by a puncture on Sunday. Um, was getting to, you know, certainly seemed, and, and from the interviews he did at stage end, it didn't seem to be that he'd done anything differently or changed settings, but it just seemed to be that the car was coming to him. He was, in, you know, comfortable in the car for the, probably the first time this year, really. And again, you know, that that should have been, with OG out of the equation, that should have been his event to win, the way he was driving. And, and again, just it fell apart for him on the last day with a, with a puncture. Yeah, and like Ruben Perra, the champion, you know, as the, of the year, like again, punctured, destroyed his rally too, you know, and that's just don't know. Uh, and then, like, the, you know, the one positive note, I suppose, from Toyota's point of view, Takamoto and her own Aaron Johnson, uh, like a podium in Valley Japan, like that is, like, that's going to be, that's huge for Taka and uh, Aaron, but like that's going to make rallying even more popular in Japan. Absolutely. Listen, fantastic result for Takamoto and, and again for Aaron. Just delighted for Aaron. Genuinely am. Um, brilliant result. But, you know, not, I don't, I don't think, um, two things here. One, I think maybe with the way things happened with Hyundai and that, maybe it's taken a little bit of the, the limelight off them. But they were targeting a podium finish. You know, so this isn't completely out of the blue. It was on their, you know, their their, their target list. They mm -hmm. were looking for that third place and they got it. So fantastic result. And again, finishing the, the championship fifth overall. Like, that's a fantastic drive from the two of them. Yeah, that's right. You know, that is for sure. And like, lead to a driver home in Japan. Like, that's huge. And then, you know, you know, what can we say about M Sport once again? You know, Craig looks such a, and the not, yes, just, well, there's just kind of a wee bit too much speed into the corner. He can't seem to explain what, exactly what happened. It's just, it's just misfortune after misfortune. It is like if you look at the in-car footage, road was dirty, a lot of leaves, mm -hmm. bit damp. Does seem to be a bit of an understeer issue in that mm -hmm. car. And you know when you watch it, he just the car wasn't going to make the corner. It was yeah. just going straight on. And again, not that heavy an impact with the Armco, yeah. but then the car just kind of dropped and the, the the back wheels were up in the air and that was it he was stuck mm -hmm. yeah it's just you know the, the, i don't know what he has done whether he has walked under a ladder and checked the cat black cat around i don't know what he's done but hopefully it'll turn around if the sooner sooner rather than later you know uh and then you know our uh eamon bohm and mj you know taking the, the trek out to japan uh i just i i keep saying this i just love the attitude to rally they just rock up, go and enjoy the rally. Take a couple of waves, you know, inside the top 20. I think it's 17th overall. Absolutely brilliant, you know. Oh, listen, you know, flawless drive, no issues, no dramas for them. You know, mm -hmm. great controlled run in, you know, completely new territory to them as well. And, and fantastic to come away 17th in a WRC event. Yeah, that's it. And like MJ then, that helped him to secure second over and second overall. And the WRC two Masters co-drivers. That's sort of like a nice FAA championship. You know, no different from you know the Rally One guys or whatever. It's you know 
So that's another huge plus for Irish Rally. Like, I'm not saying he benefited from MI Rally Academy. <laughs> MJ's probably probably falls out of the like the, the criteria for it, but still a fantastic result. Ah, oh, listen, brilliant result. Same effort, you know, has to be put into you know doing the recce, getting the notes right, mm-hmm. reading the notes, and you know doing all the work, the homework, and and reading the notes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the correct speed and etc. For aim, and so yeah. same effort goes in. So well done. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so like that—that's a huge thing, and that you know, it's another one that we have to celebrate. Like when we think about it, the year that we've had, you know, in this country, north, south, east, west, whole lot. Like we have, you know, two WRC champions. You know, uh, uh, John Armstrong second in the junior uh, championship. Yeah, uh, MJ second in the WRC two masters. The BRC one and co-driver uh, second overall the driver and co-driver from, you know, uh, the JBRC, uh, you know, podium log out there. Uh, you know, uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it really I know. Is. <laughs> it genuinely is. And, you know, again, it's all low-key. It's not getting, you know, national publicity. It's just, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, we are excelling out there. You know, we're, we're, we're turning out some fantastic talent. And uh, yeah, the the guys and girls just need a bit more recognition, really. For sure, for sure. And like you know, even Josh McLean took fastest time on a stage, and like the WRC, and like at him in a WRC two car, like like if that was that's like I don't know, <laughs> Shamrock Rovers, you know, one and you know going to uh, Old Trafford and scoring a goal. I don't know, you know, I don't know how you'd describe it, but that's yeah. a huge thing too, really, you know. So. <laughs> Well, it is. It's like, you know, if, if one of the junior, you know, formulas I I paced or, or you know, set a quicker lap time than the F1 guys, then yeah. you'd be here, you know, people would be shouting about it all mm-hmm. over the place. Yes. Ah, this is one of the room guys. Ah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant year. And then Aoife Rafferty, uh, Connor, you spoke to her last week. Yeah, Aoife was out in, um, what do you call it? She's out in Italy at the moment. So she was competing on a gravel event. I'm going to make a mess here the rally del marsh i think is the, <laughs> the pronunciation um having a great run first time in the um rally four class in the 208 uh great drive out she was um what do you call it first female crew and uh they were eighth overall i think in the under 25 section um got as far as stage eight when the drive shaft gave out on the the 208 and that was rally over but seems to have you know been a really strong performance uh a great event and then Aoife and Geraldine are out again on a gravel rally on November this weekend or, sorry apologies yeah sorry yeah. The, the first one was gravel the next one is tarmac sorry yeah mm-hmm. right, so they, they, you know they're going to get another crack at the book and again this yeah. is all come under you know the MA Academy you know allowing uh these young people to go out and compete at the at this level, and you know, not just be rallying at home, going and exploring and getting opportunities like this here, like this is fantastic, isn't it? Well, it is, and again, it's all part of this. You know, if we want our girls and guys to be able to go out and compete in the world stage, they have to get the experience <laughs> and see what it's like to go and rally in other countries and get that experience of being competitive um outside of Ireland and having to be self-sufficient and you know they don't have the same support around them that they would have in a home event mm-hmm. um so it really is it's great experience for them for sure and talking about foreign events and people that likes to travel I think this is where we'll cut over to Martin really like 
um, as I said to Martin when we were talking, like this guy, every time you log on to social media, he's either going somewhere or on his way back from somewhere. Um, he's had a phenomenal year, like with travels and all, but let Martin tell you all about it. I started off by asking him, that has been a busy year for you and we'll take it from there. Yeah, it's been a busy year. Um, it was always slated to be a busy year at the start. There was a lot on the calendar, uh, but it, it turned out maybe busier than I expected in some ways and took a slightly different direction. Um, ended up in some rallies that we never expected to go to, but had had great fun getting there and, and enjoyed it. So yeah, it was it was it was a busy year. Our, our plans chopped and changed, but we uh, we were always in a rally car most weekends. Yeah. And like, you know, at that start of the year, Kyle Kelly had great plans to do the American Championship in an R5. And, you know, it, it didn't end well, shall we say, in one of the early events. It's, yeah, well, it, it started good. Uh, we went to, we to Snowdrift and we had a good result there. Um, we were just patient and, and got a good result there. And uh, then, you know, for Kyle, he's he's a racing driver first. Racing is work. He's, a, you know, it's his profession. He's got a team. So that had to come first. And then the second round, we had to miss it for that reason. Um, it clashed with the race. But, you know, the plans changed for me. I, I, I was adapted and brought back into the team as a spotter. So while the second round of the championship was going on, uh, he was still hearing me in his ear, just in a race, not in a rally car. And then um, when we got to, we'd, uh, we struggled with problems with the car in Olympus. That's when we had a two-car team there. David Higgins joined us for that one-off in uh, Kyle Citroen. And then the next round, unfortunately, uh, on the track where it probably shouldn't happen us or a racing driver shouldn't crash a rally car on a track we we did that uh we just got caught out on uh, on the loose section at the back of the track did a little bit of damage and then we had a rethink about the season you know we hadn't had the results maybe we had hoped at that point uh time was getting to be a crunch for some of the other rounds and we just made a 180 and said right let's go historic rally and instead so went and done a bunch of rallies in the british championship and um, we went to that excellent event, Escort Special in Belgium, and enjoyed that until, unfortunately, our engine spectacularly let go. You maybe seen that on social media. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, but enjoyed it, and I felt that we were just clicking and getting into tarmac driving because, you know, he's an excellent tarmac driver. His race yeah. results proved that. But rallying is slightly different. Mm -hmm. I figured we were just something was starting to click, and we were starting to get it all figured out. And uh, the next event we did then, we, were, we had great plans. So there's been an Escort Cosworth just nestling in the background there for, for quite a while, an Escort WRC that um, he it, it, it came into the into the stable, shall we say, mm -hmm. quite a while ago. And it was just about the opportunity of, of where to use it and when to use it. And we elected to go to Rally Legend in it. And uh, unfortunately, when we were testing, um, we had a problem with uh, an ALS valve. And those cars are quite old now. It's not just putting your hand on a spare part straight away. Yeah. And when you go to fix them, you want to make sure that they're fixed right. Because as um, so we, you know, the car has been around for a while and we had somebody appraise it, a mechanic that actually worked on it in period. And it was it was quite nice to see him look at the car and he stood back. And one of the comments he made to me was, you know, are you actually going to use this? And I said, oh, yeah, it's the plan. We're going to go to Rally Legend or maybe this, maybe that. And, you know, who knows? And his answer was, you know, it's so perfect. It should be treated now as a piece of jewellery, not as a rally car. So when I called Kyle up and said, yeah, we've had a look at the car and, you know, it's been described as a piece of jewellery. <laughs> We're still going to wear it. We're still going to use it. Um, so we, we we enjoyed testing it. Unfortunately, we had that failure. Mm -hmm. And that meant that, you know, as I said, those cars are so valuable and so so rare now yeah. that it will, will just fix it in not in a rush. 
uh-huh. because in a rush maybe go rally legend and something else should go wrong. We didn't want that. Yeah. But it was an 11th hour call then to get a car sorted and Kieran Grafton stepped in and sorted us with an escort, a Mark II escort, and we went to rally legend in that instead and had plenty of sideways fun. It actually, it worked out pretty good. It, it, it wasn't a disappointment. And in some senses, it might've seemed like a downgrade, but we made it into an upgrade. So yeah, it's like, you know, good fun. That's an event like no other. I urge everyone to go and try it once. You know, Frank Kelly has been a great ambassador of that rally for a number of years. And, you know, I'd urged everyone to go and check it out. I, I would echo his, his sentiments now because for me, it was utterly surreal. I started a stage behind a 206 T16, behind a rallycross Audi, one of the, you know, to see that thing take off the line. Uh, started behind an 037, started behind an S4. Baby Blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baby Blue actually started the last stage. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also one thing, and I must, when I get time, I must post the pictures of it. Uh, there was a, there was two cars there that in a previous life I had co-driven in. There was the Impreza that um, Jimmy McRae and um, Nicola Arena were in. And I co-drove in that car in Ireland many years ago, Pat Norris. Uh-huh. It was cool to see that car. Okay, yeah. it's driving, it's different now. And then there was another car that I had done hundreds of miles in Kevin O'Kane's old uh, 99 Subaru uh-huh. except OP and uh, Stuart Loudon thanks to Stuart Stuart was co-driving in it and I, uh-huh. I got his permission to park firmly to sit into it and I have to say I it, it affected me more than I thought it would because I get into it and although the car is left-hand drive now back to original what it was and then yeah. we would have had a right-hand drive in the time all the buttons are still the same all those stickers that Stan Harper's guys would have put on it for some of the different things uh-huh. are still there you know I sat in and I pressed buttons that I would have done in Park Fermi many yeah. times. The same trip meter, the same fuel reuse gauge, all that stuff. It uh-huh. was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and it made me realize how lucky we were in Ireland to have so many of those cars rallying with us in period. But uh, yeah, it was very cool. An mm-hmm. event like no other. And the, you just have to, one competitor gave me a bit of advice before I got over there, was just to like, embrace the craziness. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. We've got the Italians. It seems that if, and I, I want to speak carefully here, but it seems that, <laughs> If you've got, if you've got a, a Lancia with Martini racing on it, and you're Italian and it's an Italian plate, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> sideways, twenty minutes early, fifteen minutes late. You mm-hmm. can get out shouting, and what looks like got those guys having an argument. No, they're just like chatting. It's just <laughs> you have to the craziness. Like it's yes. it's mad, and the spectators as well. Um, you know, you're coming. I can't remember the name of the the, the village or the town we. We finished in up the top, but um, you're coming up into the town and there's thousands of spectators and they're throwing flares and stuff on the road out in front of you and they're, they're, they're egging you on. And it's, it's just crazy. Like, and even, even on recce, we had one incident where we were, oh, I shouldn't call it an incident. It wasn't an incident. We had one amusing moment, let's call it, yes. where uh, on recce, you know, we turned in and went to go around one of the chicanes and we were doing our recce speed slowly looking at it. And this Italian lady just comes down the inside like it was the first corner at Rallycross, passes us by and proceeds to give us a gesture in the, you know, international <laughs> way. <laughs> how we do go slow and hold her up. And we just came to the next corner just laughing. It's it's just, yeah, embrace the craziness. Go either compete in that event if you, if you can, if you're fortunate enough. And if not, um, definitely go and watch it because you get to see 
all the cool hero, heroes, you know, Kyle, through his association with, with Sparkle in the US, we were on the Sparkle stand when they had this sort of launch for the evening. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm standing there surreal. We're invited to, and we're standing beside, you know, Mickey Biazion, Marco Allen, Cesar Fiorio, all these guys. And I'm thinking genuinely, I remember I had a, a poster of Mickey Biazion on my wall as a kid in the in the Sapphire Sierra, the Autoglass Sierra. And you're just there thinking, where else would you get it? Yeah, uh, a great memory. Really how did this it. happen? <laughs> and then yeah, as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just it, it's crazy to, to to see those guys. And um it's just, yeah, it's it's you have to, as I say, keep I say it again, embrace the craziness, but it's yes. it, it's it's really a demonstration more than a rally. It's not mm-hmm. you know, the part we were in wasn't the competitive element. The bit that I loved as well too, you had posted on social media, you just were doing your service. And next thing, the world champion just rolls up beside you and starts servicing the car right beside the side of the road. You know, Absolutely. yeah, it was like I, I'm uh, old enough to remember when we had Chase in Ireland and you'd come out of a stage and just you know go mm-hmm. where you go and meet your crew. But it was like that, and we had a guy who um, worked for Red on the world championship in in previous years, and it, it was great sitting at dinner every night and asking him all these questions I wanted to ask him about escort WRCs and bend his ear about stuff. <laughs> But he was like he enjoyed it because it was back to the old system of you don't just sit in service all day. No, you're out. You're out there going the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, and they make the point of meeting to the cafe where they're, you know, he's <laughs> I'm at the cafe and text them a couple of minutes, you know, we're clear of the stage and they're they've been in, they've had their their coffee and whatever. And one of the American guys from the race team came over with us, and it was his first time in Europe, first time at a rally in Europe, obviously, and seeing all these things like imagine that as your first experience. <laughs> And you're at a He's going to be so disappointed when he goes to an ordinary rally. Callie Rovenpera just ponders in in this, you know, works Salika yeah. and he, he gets out calm as he can be. And there's, you know, there's autograph hunters everywhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool. And then, of course, it, we wouldn't be us if we didn't do a bit of, you know, this big shower of fans that had gathered for Callie. So when Kyle decided to leave, he just went full, hoopla, <laughs> out, you know, full sideways, you know, tired yeah. smoke but that's what everyone wants. That's what you're there for. I mean, yeah. never once, like, you know, you see the police standing on a roundabout and it's, it's, it's expected that you do it. Yeah. The whole area just, just embraces it. That yeah. um, it's, it's there to put, put a show on for the fans. It's, it's, um, and the, side of the path, you know? can I, I just take you back. Now, you mentioned you done spotter for Kyle and some of the, the race events. You yeah. Know, that's a complete, like your cool driving experience. But probably actually feed into that a wee bit because you know you're looking, you're watching, you're you're, you're picking out what you see to him. What if it, yeah, it's it, probably right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that, and you know it would be it was very unusual, uh, yeah, an unusual place to end up in yeah. doing that job, considering I had never done it before. I knew what it was, I had an interest in it, and Kyle, to his credit, you know, backed me for that. That he mm-hmm. he thought I could do it, and and yeah, it, it worked out well, but. Um, you know, I went so we, he did a couple of NASCAR races this year, not the ovals, but the, the road courses because of his speciality at that. And you know, surreal to think that the first NASCAR race I'd been, and I always had such an interest in NASCAR and a respect for it because I knew it was more technical than it appears behind the scenes, and there's a lot more in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you watch it on TV, it has the entertainment side of it, but the, the sporting side of it is, is more than you would expect. And um, yeah, I was there you know, on the spotter stand. And, and in that race, there was four spotters. There wasn't just me. There was different points around the track. 
and it's just cool to think I'm there in the middle of the mall, a complete and utter amateur. It it was the equivalent of having done one single stage rally or you know a track <laughs> like Kirkiston and then turning up to a world championship rally. You know, mm-hmm. still three pedals and a steering wheel or you know set of notes and time cards. But, the, but you know, that's having that trust in you that you will do the job that you're there to do. It's the same as co-driving. You know, it's he has that level of trust in you. That's yeah, he, he definitely had because you can. It's it's like the old adage: you can't win it, but you can lose it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I messed something up and told him the wrong thing, could end up putting him in a place where he doesn't need to be on the track mm-hmm. and and causing an incident. And you know, you could be you could ruin somebody else's race, not just his. Now, mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, sometimes it's about what you don't say as well. Like I think in, you know, say for example, I think in in the, one of the races, like forty eight laps, I reckoned that I spoke maybe twenty times or twenty something times. But equally, when you know it's it's when when there's silence and there's nothing to say, there's nothing to say, yeah. and you try and be measured in your words. And um, it's a bit like you know you do see it. I, I posted some videos of uh, because NASCAR record everybody's. So uh, all the feed on the radio is recorded. So it's not like you can even have a chat and go see that lad there or be this, you know, disrespectful or disingenuous or start uh-huh. slagging something up because you, you can be sure you're going to end up on YouTube or, <laughs> or maybe in the room. But um, you, you hear how, this, how the, the other spotters, you know, how they, how they talk and uh, what they say. And it's stuff like, you know, inside. I didn't do it. I wouldn't be confident enough to get into all of the terms. So me it was pretty much, you know, clear if there's, you know, you're the middle of three, one car back, two car, you would give the gap behind or that sort of stuff. And then for the strategy and pit calls and that, that's all down to the crew chief. So yeah. happily, I didn't have to do that, but it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's sort of calling notes. Yeah. Uh, it's probably, you know, probably more like night navigation skills than okay. skills really. Cause yes. you're, you know, you're, 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 you're going very much by the seat of your pants. Yeah. But, uh, I'll I'll always be very proud that I was there. And then the second, you know, that it was to come in as a complete amateur. And then the funny story, you know, at the NASCAR races, every driver is introduced to the crowd. They're brought out on the stage and all this pomp and ceremony. And when the drivers were waiting in the queue to be called out, there's this great picture. Somebody got on Instagram and it's Kyle and Kimi Raikkonen at the back of the pack. And their heads down and the two of them are talking and they're completely oblivious to the show that's going on in front of them. And, you know, I said to him after, well, what were you talking about? And Kimmy was talking to him about, you know, maybe an escort and maybe this rally. And I don't want to say too much, but oh. he's talking about what, what he would like to do. And I, I say that if uh, I would say you'll probably see Kimmy back in a rally car at some point. But he has he's uh, he's, he's very tuned into what's going on in rally. And obviously his nephew's yeah. involved and he'd be in the fringes of that enterprise. Uh-huh. So he knows what's going on. But here you yeah. have two guys, you know. 10, 15 minutes before they were getting ready to start a race. Uh, they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. And unfortunately, so in that race, um, we, it was, again, something that wouldn't happen in rally and it was rain delayed and, you know, it was lap after lap after lap in the safety car. And all I could hear was Kyle on the radio, like he was mad to go. He Rain suits him down to the ground. Right. The Americans didn't want to go. And Kimmy, the same, I believe. He was, he was, you know, he was on. He just noticed the different things from where I was in the spotter stand. Like every lap that Kimmy came around, um, he'd take a different line. You'd see him trying something different. Whereas the rest of them just seemed to be just driving just around. around and, yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. So Kyle went out with a, um, a mechanical problem with that um, uh, steering issue. 
and then Kimmy actually uh, got punted and went off. So I didn't. I was hoping that there'd be like an after race prize given, after race party. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kimmy to sign his book for me and so on. Unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't happen because you know we all went for an early bath after that one. Yeah. But you never know. We might meet him in a rally maybe okay. next year. And like, you I know, book the yeah. final, and then talking about the escort, you know, uh, you were back and with Shimmer's Burke and the, the escort for the American so, Championship. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 a good one. Um, yeah. yeah so uh, Seamus. I had plans what he might do this year. You know, uh, there wasn't a plan for him to do the full championship at the start of the year, but then he missed the first two rounds, went to the third round and just went at it again. You know, t- time was available for him to do it. The bug never left him, of course. So he was he was on for a two-wheel drive championship again this year. And um, he needed a co-driver for the first one. So we imported uh, John McKay, another man on his uh, first trip to the U.S., and he did a great job with Seamus. You know, he'd never sat in an escort before. He was very much a team homologated man before that. So we've we've converted him now. He <laughs> understands like being a hard to escort. And he was just, you know, uh, I think he was a little bit blown away by how different it is in the US and, and how all that goes. And then um, I jumped back in, did some rallies with Seamus. Uh, and then there was other rallies that I couldn't do. Gary McElhenney stepped in. So by the end of the season, Seamus, uh, in typical fashion, of course, won the two-wheel drive championship again um, with one round to go. But there's, um, you know, like if any fans of the office, we have like the, the co-chairman and the assistant to the regional manager. Uh-huh. But between Gary Mack, John McKay and myself, we're all like assistants to each other. We're all for the... Between us, anyway, we, we assisted the champion. Yes. And uh, yeah, that was it. And of course, yeah, and you talk about social media. Another thing that uh, got plenty of clicks uh, was our big accident. Yeah. In, in, yeah, which was very uncharacteristic. I, I did the numbers on it and I think it was 37 rallies that Seamus and I had done in that car, plus the Two or three he did when I wasn't there, and he'd never put a mark on it. No, and, and it was almost yeah. really a national day of mourning after it wasn't. There. It was it unbelievable the way up to go. <laughs> he was he was so determined that the car was going to be fixed immediately, mm-hmm. and you know he got out of it. And it was funny how things happen. A guy that we had never met before, an Irish rally fan living in the US, had come up to Seamus in service at getting him to sign a T-shirt, a sign a thing for his little kid, and. You know, you'd sort of know the Irish rally fans over there. I hadn't had come across this guy before and, um, you know, had a bit of a chat with him in service, went on about our business out to the next stage. And uh, when we were upside down, this same guy was the first guy that came to the window. But it was nice in that moment to hear an Irish voice. That, yes. Well, there's somebody here that knows what they're doing. We're, uh-huh. There's somebody here to, you know, pull and drag at the door and get us out. Yes. It's, it's If you have a, a little bit of help to get out of a thing when you're upside down on your roof. It's always helpful. So he was, yeah, he was he was good to us and actually had managed to catch it on film, but it was a very simple mistake uh, with big consequences. Um, we weren't going hard because we didn't need to go hard. And uh, Seamus had been watching the temperature of the car on the dash from the previous stage. And in that car, it was a road screen and a stage screen. And he'd forgotten to change it to the stage screen at the start of the stage. And we went off the start line and he went to look down and see what the temperature was doing. And, oh, I need to change the page. Uh-huh. Looked down, and I saw it myself. I saw the head go down, the peak of the helmet uh-huh. looking down. The corner was coming, it was tightening. And I just thought, he hasn't got this. And when he looked up, um, we were just off the line, hit a rock, uh-huh. put us the other side of the road, and over we tumbled. 
three or four times and, and that was it. Just just a simple mistake. If that rock wasn't there, if, 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 if three or four ifs, it wouldn't happen. But, that's, mm-hmm. that's, but there was a, a fantastic uh, amount of help we got to get that. There was Irish guys involved here, there mm-hmm. and everywhere, you know, getting us a roof skin and different bits and pieces. And Pascal worked day and night along with Dan Brosnan, uh, an Irish guy, uh, Kerryman, living in Boston. And uh, Seamus's cousin helped paint the car. It was in all hands on deck. And we appeared the next round as if nothing happened and it didn't it didn't deter us. But that's yeah, that's Seamus for you. But it was, just, it was the determination that, you know, when everyone thought it was and it was it was in a bad shape, like yes. it, it took every knock. But um yeah, it was and the cool thing then was of course the connections you make out of it. Um the uh, I met some people from Recaro at an event at one of the races later on in the year. They were talking about, oh, you know, rally racing and they knew a little bit about it. And they were telling me how they make a special seat for Travis Pastrana. And I said, well, what you haven't realized that you've actually had a seat in the, the two wheel drive champions car for a number of years. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, you have our products. Oh, yeah, there's a Recaro seats in the car. And I said, even better still, I can show you how they perform in an accident. I can give you real world data. Uh-huh. And, oh, my God. And I took the phone out and casually because they're racing people, really. Yeah. The phone out and showed them you know, the accident, us rolling over and Seamus going, you all right? And I'm going, we're all right. And I'm pressing the OK button and they're, they're astounded. They're like, oh my God. And it's, <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was kind of cool. And, um, you know, of course, we're, we're working on a deal maybe where they'll sponsor us new seats for next year. We'll see. <laughs> you, know, you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try it and see. I don't know if, they, if they'll give us a seat the very same as, as Travis, but I, yeah. I did say that to them. Yeah, you need to make the famous park edition. You've made the Travis edition. Now you need to make the park edition. That's for sure. That's for sure. And then you also got the opportunity to go to Barbados this year as well. Yeah, thanks. another another mm-hmm. very enjoyable um, enjoyable rally, enjoyable week with really nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a last minute thing, really, um, just to go and join Ben Hartling, a young guy who has had rally to C2 for a number of years down there in the Caribbean. Um, he lives down there in one of the islands. They have a number of, they have a, a hotel on um the Turks and Caicos Island, which is close, relatively speaking, to mm-hmm. Barbados. And um, so he does, there's quite an amount of rallies. They're, they're smaller than what we would be used to, but they're they're a big deal down there for sure. So he'd been in a C2 and then he'd stepped up to uh, North 5 Fiesta and his dad had one as well. So it was a two-car team, two identical cars, identical right down to the stickers. And um, just that's the people that want to enjoy their rallying but uh, approach it really professionally and um we we had a, we had a great time um it was a big step up for him as you can imagine wouldn't have many rallies done i'd say if he had six rallies done before that it would have been the height of it so it's quite quick to step into an r5 and um he did really well we got caught out on day one just touched um a rock face and broke the back arm of the car probably could have continued you know out to the end of the stage because there's chase there as well but didn't want to damage this nice new car so we parked up um went out and did the sunday run instead and we're lucky enough to to win that and um so that was at least we had something it wasn't a, a total total loss of a weekend we, you, you know you could continue and you could get his mileage and it was nice to have something to walk up on the stage with the prize given and collect because they really make it quite a party out there. Yeah. Again, lovely people and the atmosphere very much makes the rally. Mm-hmm. Um, the stages were um, not as simple as I had expected it would be because, you know, as I say, I, I would have looked at Kenny McInstry and Robbie Philpott going out there I and seen the, the, yeah. the stages seemed quite simple then, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they're quite challenging. And um, 
yeah, it's 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 a different format of rallying out there, but really enjoyable. Another one I would say, if you get the opportunity to go out there and do it, it's it's a real party with 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 great people, and the the rally runs like clockwork. Obviously, they're they're well used to it now, but it's it's such a festival for that because you come the week before. Oh, there's an event on the previous like, Saturday, isn't it? And then yeah, they call it like a hill climb, but to me, it's like a single stage because it's long enough. Mm-hmm. And um, you do that, and then that determines your seating for the rally. But right from then on, it was just it, it was it was um, a great atmosphere, and you know the drivers' briefing was more of a party sort of a welcome to the island thing, more than preaching to you about rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, welcome. Any problems come to us, and you know, let's all stand at the bar now. So it was, yeah, very very welcome and very friendly, and uh, interestingly. Uh, in the team that was looking after our car, we had a racing driver. It's never too far away from racing drivers. And that's a that guy, Zane Maloney, who has done excellent things in uh, Formula 3 um, this year. Mm-hmm. And he was leading the rally for a time and only his his first rally until, like all, I would say, like all racing drivers, he just came into a corner where just overcommitted for the change in grip, you would see, and, and did a bit of damage, took, took a back wheel off. But uh, when he was going blindingly quick, but a really nice guy, really nice family and interesting to follow that and just talk to another racing driver. But well, how are you getting on with pace notes and, um, you know, how I'm always interested in how racing drivers adapt and more so how they get into listening because they've, they've driven a car for so long in their own mind where they want to place the car and what they want to do. So to be to, to, to change over to relying on what you hear as much as what you see. What you see yeah. yeah, I just found it interesting. And that mm-hmm. was that was cool too. And um we um we finished the last stage. Um we were very lucky. We had a brilliant chase crew, local guy, Ori. He was just he was brilliant. It's and you know sometimes it's so much about the people you have in the background. You know, I've gone to rallies where you've had uh experience counts for so much and you've someone like Jerry McGarity in your in your backroom team and when they say things, you listen because they've been there a hundred times before and they've known all the scenarios. And Ari, uh, we'd come off the second last stage clear of the chase point. And then I get a message on the phone. I have a, a sat phone messenger thing, get a message, change the wets. Okay, pull in, I'm coming behind you. And uh, the boys jumped out. It was like a it was like a pit stop, you know, we just yeah. pulled in and a layby. Uh, in the last because we'd driven into this lashing rain and he knew before we knew we were driving into it so it meant the last stage was going to be in the rain and um, we went in and I think we were only us and another car were on wets again another local and if I remember the number I think it was like 0.1 of a second we were second fastest by so it's really it was just that was that was a cool way to end the rally um, but in a time like that but it wasn't it was of course it was because of it Ben did in the car driving it, but it was mm-hmm. it was really cool just to have something like that to eke out an advantage because of that. It was just yeah, it was it was a nice way to finish the round. Yeah. And like so, Martin, this has been a, like a fantastic 2022. Uh, 2023 is coming round. Have you any plans set in stone, or is it going to be again a seat of the well, year again? <laughs> 22 is not finished. Um, okay. We'll be involved with Era next year. Um, <laughs> Paul's not doing as much racing next year. Whether that'll leave more time for rallying or not remains to be seen. Um, you know, it, it a lot of that will be dictated by how the racing year goes and, and what races are on and so mm-hmm. on. Um, the backbone of that will be the the IMSA Championship, like they've done this year, the same number eighteen car. So I'll be with the team for for those races. Uh, 
working in the backroom staff and a bit of spotting as well mm -hmm. as the year goes on. And outside of that, then, Kyle, yeah, whatever rallies we can do, we will do. Um, there's a historic, well, 22 is not finished yet because we're going to go to Killarney. And uh, the plan was that we were going to go on a BMW M3, but the plan had to shift a little bit. I think the M3 is, is still coming. It might come after Santa Claus time, but it's, it's, it's on its way. Um, but it won't be, it doesn't suit to have it for Killarney. So we're doing that. And then I'm really looking forward to whatever we can do in the Escort WRC mm -hmm. next year, because I'm an unashamed fanboy of those cars. Mm -hmm. um, and I even just to sit in the, uh, the only, the only four WRC I'm missing rallying now. And I did sit in the test, but I don't really count that is an 08 focus. So if there's anyone out there with an 08 focus, <laughs> don't mind if you're on stage. Yeah. I, I have to tick that off that I have to get a run in an 08 focus on a mm -hmm. 321 proper stage. Yes. So I know it'll happen in the Escort WRC next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, we'll do some historic rallies, definitely. And um, we're talking at the moment about what we can do on tarmac in something maybe a bit faster than a historic car, because I still think that this guy has something to prove on tarmac in a faster car. Um, and I hope we'll get that opportunity as the year goes on to do that. And then there'll be other bits and pieces. You know, I might find myself, if I'm lucky enough, Seamus might take me back at some point for an O'Reilly yes. in America. Um, there'll be, yeah, have license for travel. Like the yes, and have that, have that uh, battle with Timmy maybe on the stage as, as well. You never know before the year's out. <laughs> yeah, so again, there's there's a hope that we might do a rally that Kimmy's doing. As I say, Kyle and him spoke. And um, yeah, I, I think you'll see Kimmy in a rally car at some point. And I hope that, that we'll be there too. That's, that's the plan. I mean, and I've said to Kyle, I've, I, you know, I've gone to different races and, you know, Montoya's racing in the championship that we're doing. And, you know, I've seen other other um, household names like, you know, you, you go, you see Bubba Wallace standing, you know, beside you in the paddock or, you know, Jimmy Johnson, these guys, Denny Hamlin, another guy that maybe in rally circles, it's not a big name, but that's like, that's as big a name as you're going to get like that's like you know fisher and McKay. Or yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. sort of thing so and you you know you take them as you find them they're all good people but i had said to kind you know the one person i will be a proper fangirl for will be kimmy i i'll be tongue-tied if i ever get to stand beside kimmy and speak to him mm -hmm. and he was like that's you know that that, that doesn't <laughs> go to the ice with kimmy um, <laughs> He's a he's a normal guy, and you just you chat away to him. And probably yes, I'd say maybe if I go up to him and start nerding out talking to him about the time he had a Super Two Thousand Ponto, and say to him stuff, you know, something about what about that Super Two Thousand Ponto? Is she still in the shed? You know, <laughs> that has one as well, or something like that. Yeah, you might you might get on better. Um, yeah, or, or that sort of stuff. Like I, I'm big into motorsport books, and I have as many as the house can accommodate, and. Um, I bought Raikkonen's book as soon as it came out because it sounded interesting and it was interesting, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, learned a lot about him. Interestingly, when he wanted the book written, um, it's his official biography, he asked a Finnish poet to write it because he wanted somebody with a different perspective to write it. So that it is a different journalist. That was a, a, a post, Again, Yeah, given advice, if you, if you read one motorsport book biography, read Kemi's one. And if you read a second one, read Possum Bourne's. That's also excellent. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the rally fans, though, will say in Kimmy's book, um, 
the the bit about the rally and it only it's only a paragraph long. And when I got to that, I was a little bit disappointed that they reduced the rally into just one paragraph. But the rest of it, no, was was very interesting. A, a, a good read. If you're any sort of a fan of Kimmy at all, um, or more. <laughs> yeah. Well, Martin, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure once again. And look forward to our chats again in 23. That's what I do, Kevin. You know what? Just for you, I'll head away and try and gather up a few more stories. <laughs> and I'll chat to you next year. You're very decent. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much, Good Kevin. Man. Thank Enjoy you. The show. Thank you. Bye. Absolute pleasure there to catch up with Martin. Uh, you know, the guy is a star. Uh, I also caught, had the chance to catch up with Patrick Crook. Um, this is a fascinating story. Um, I think you'll all agree with that. Um, that Patrick is a real character. Um, I started off by asking Patrick, like, what sparked this interest in rally? I suppose uh, since I was born, I grew up in the family of rally fanatics. My dad rallied, my uncles rallied, my auntie rallied. So the community that I live in is a big rallying community. So... That's where the interest back and I was always going to go down there if you didn't if you weren't in a rally car. It's you know, it was fairly from the word go really that it was rallying was the interest and mm-hmm. the love of cars and there was always cars around the house and like dad rallied, like I said, so there was always Mark twos and Chevettes and Cosworths and whatnot. So I suppose my interest grew from there really. Uh-huh. And like, was there always a, a desire in your part to, you know, not just to watch, but to compete as well? No, <laughs> would you believe I wasn't? And uh, like everything, uh, growing up with a disability, I was born with a cerebral palsy. So uh-huh. that means I had no use of the legs. I did to a certain extent, but obviously I couldn't walk without being unaided. So, no. So that came about. I was about, how old was I? I was about. 16, 17 people around me were rallying and the brother was co-driving for the dad and then the brother bought a rally car and then he was rallying then himself and I was always there going to the events and obviously hauling yourself in there of the car and going up to the tape and going to service and I always said you know something one day I'd love to be able to even navigate on a single stage or something like that mm-hmm. never Never, like what I'm after doing, never going that far as what I'm after doing. So I suppose it's really started back then, about 16 or 17, I really said to myself, you know something now, I'd love to be able to get into a rally car and see, could could I even call pace notes? So that's how we came about. We started navigating first for my dad and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Small events, not, not major, small events around local Mm-hmm. It wasn't then made up, but that's how the that's how it got it going. Yeah, and then okay. like we all, every I think the whole world at this stage knows 2017. Uh, <laughs> the, the opportunity to come on to sit along with Craig and a Mark II on the Raven yeah. like yeah. what an opportunity for any man, never mind yourself. Do you know something, Kevin? It's nearly five years since that day happened uh-huh. and I will say that was probably one of the best days in my life and that's a big thing to say like mm-hmm. I said I'm after I'm after doing stuff with Craig and rallying and stuff like that and it's just to get the opportunity to sit beside that caliber of driver was something unique it was <laughs> even when you look back at the in-car or when you look back at a picture or look back at a clip on YouTube 
it brings back the day. It was, yeah, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely. You, you must look at them photographs and go, he's sitting in there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it really does. And sometimes you have to pinch yourself and go, Jesus, there's people that would give thousands upon thousands yeah. of money to sit beside Craig Marine. Mm-hmm. I know there's friends of mine that would jump at the chance. Absolutely yes. jump at the chance. Mm-hmm. But it was an incredible day. It was an absolutely incredible day. Yeah. And like, we, you know, we've seen the end car. Just the way the banter between the two. He's chatting about Manus yeah. Kelly, one and Donegal. You know, all them kind yeah. of things. Well, no, oh, like, <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the man was here himself, Craig, he'd tell you how it came about. Um, how I got to sit in with Craig, it was coming up my 30th birthday. And my birthday was the 21st of June. Yes. And the Ravens Rock was on the 27th. Yes. So Craig, Craig ran, rang mum and dad one Monday or Tuesday and said, look, could I bring Patrick for a spin in the Ravens Rock? And of course, the mother and father were like, oh, Jesus, Craig, we don't know. What about the wheelchair? And he said, ah, look, John and Pat, that's the mother and father name. Ah, look, John and Pat, don't worry about it. Um, it'll be grand. We'll sort it. We'll just go out. We'll take it handy. Uh-huh. And they do the offer of work. <laughs> but uh, it started off, I, I didn't find out until the Wednesday because obviously I had to go and get a license quickly. And first of all, it was meant to be a jarring. And I kind of went, How in the name of Jesus are they going to get a bear like me into a jarring? <laughs> like you have to build a jarring around you. Like it's not like, and then thank God it turned out to be a mark too. Yes. But, um, Oh, fantastic how. Uh-huh. But that was a thirty birthday present from Craig to me. Uh-huh. And it was it was it was amazing. The whole day. But like the even going wrecking of the Saturday, like we started out like as normal uh-huh. into the uh Julie's hotel and we signed on in the morning and went out and done the wrecking and his girlfriend Tammy actually made the pace notes as uh-huh. in she called him to Craig and Craig or yeah. He uh-huh. called him to Tammy and he was able to put him in words that Patrick would understand. They were, they yes. were very, very simple, Kevin. Yeah. And he said, Look, he said, you'll have no bother. Yeah. Give me a vague idea of what's going up here. Like, yeah. well, like he done he done one loop of the three stages. He said, Right, uh-huh. now change seats. So I sat in the pad to see where Tammy was. And he gave me the book and he said, Look, call him, we just see him. Uh-huh. I call him, we just see him. And we done the Reiki, and he said, yeah, I can't see why not. So fast forward 24 hours, we went in, we done driver brief, belting me seven in the car, going out the road section. Had brilliant, excitement, brilliant, really building. And we pulled up to the star line, and my leg was leaning on the horn, and he turned around to me, and he said, would you ever get your leg off that effing break? You're definitely me. And we had the call... One of the people, uh, like we were in the dead zone, and I think in front of us was either Niall Maguire or um, oh, the chap from Dublin in the uh, Skoda, McCluskey. Mm-hmm. Connor McCluskey was in the R5 mm-hmm. Skoda or it was Niall Maguire. Mm-hmm. But they were taken off, and Craig had to get one of the officials to come down. Will you get his leg off the horn? I'm deaf. I couldn't hear it. He could. So anyway, your man got my leg off the horn, and he closed the door, and he said, Right, Paddy, are you ready? So he said, Right, when you just do what I told you to do, take it easy, don't yes. worry about the camera, don't worry about it, enjoy the day. So, Paddy said, Yeah, no bother. So, he said, Look, he said, Count me down for 15 seconds. And I never forget it. I went 15. So, I said, 
that's grand. Kind of came to five, four, three, two, one, and he said, "Geez, Paddy, we're not even gone past three yet." He said, "And you're on one." So he that that was it straight away. And it was caught, and it was I was trying my hardest to keep it to the notes, and we got to the end of the stage, and he said, "Do me a favor." He said, "Give me that joke. Forget about pace notes." He said, "Not only that," he said, "You're not enjoying the spin." Right. He said, "You're not enjoying it. You're constantly yes, worrying you about much, this yeah, corner." Just... He said, "And what's, what's going to happen?" He says, "You're going to call something wrong, and I'm not going to be thinking, and it's going to be down." Yeah. He said, "Put the book away." He said. All I'm going to get you to do, he said, worry about the time cards. And once that is okay, I'll drive the stages blind. So that's how the whole thing about man is Kelly and about uh-huh. singing and waving at lads and busting over GoPros. It was a great day. It was uh-huh. absolutely, yeah. it was a fantastic day. So it was. Yeah. And, and man has got a great kick out of it as well, too, didn't he? God rest him. Yeah. Man is Kelly got a lot of mercy on him. He did. And he, we, would you believe I actually met man after us? It was uh-huh. the year I didn't, it wasn't, it was the year, uh, that poor man has got killed above in 2019. Uh-huh. I was in Donegal with Craig when he done it in the, in the World Cup. Uh-huh. And I uh, got to meet him and he said, boy, he actually brought one of his young chaps over to meet me. And he said, this is the whack on tour that sat him with Craig. And it was a great experience. And sure, lo and behold, it was absolutely tragic the way that weekend ended as well. But yes. I always remember... Talking about Manus Kelly and uh, uh-huh. Manus Kelly School of Rally and how to win Donegal, and yes. he always said to me, "Would you do Donegal?" And uh, I, 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 that would be the dream. But yes. three days ago, going around in the car now with Craig Breen with no pace notes, or trying to be that man or the Paul Nagas as the Nicky Grist. I don't think it'll work anyway. Oh. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was a great. That was that that Sunday of the Ravens Rock was a great day. And like if I, I I'm standing with Craig and other stuff as well. But that day was something special. Like I'm out here, and I never forget. We came into the first service, and he said to me, "Patrick, where would you like to be overall?" And I said, "You know something? If I won class fourteen, if we were winning class fourteen, should I say I would delight?" And he opened the door and he said to me, "Not only are you winning class fourteen, he said, but you're sitting third overall." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, he said, "You're sitting third overall." Again, it never registered because I said, "Okay." Yeah, all right, that's grand. When these boys now in these forward drive car gets going, mm-hmm. there'll be nothing. And I remember going out in the next stage and we took so many seconds out of Ryan Maguire. And again, we were in the dead zone. And I remember Ryan Maguire opening the door and going, Ye boys are now right in the head. You're not to pulling so many seconds out of me. And I was going, that's an S12 behind me. And the lad in the mark too was still and it was a great day. There was no rain, so it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't like if it was raining, four wheel drive would have had it all day. But yeah, hey, look, the whole Kevin, the whole day couldn't have gone any better than what mm-hmm. it was. It's the whole and like the way he put me in the car, and I think that it was amazing because he, even though it was a brilliant day, but you have to remember there was a, a bit of a dangerous side to it. Of course, it was. Yeah, yeah. Car, uh-huh. if you look at the in car, the speeds, the speeds were. Uh-huh. There was that thing was in sixth gear in the red line, yeah. And God only knows, thank God, though. I think the speedometer was broken, so we didn't know what it was doing, but mm-hmm. we were moving. If I had to yeah. come to a sudden stop, <laughs> it was going to be something fairly, fairly drastic. All right, but no, it was a great day. I'd love to do it again sometime, mm-hmm. but we'll have to see about that now. Yeah. I'd rather I'm going my own role anyway. So. Well, this is your sort of going on to the next question. Like, you know, you love the co-driving, but 
you know, there was still this desire. You wanted to drive the car. You weren't just always content yeah. to have to drive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said to you, I navigated for that and I loved it and I loved getting involved in the rallying and the whole signing on and bringing out the pace notes and going out and making the notes or whatever. And like Dad used to pod around, he wouldn't be at the speed of Craig or anything like that. And we used to have the crack and it was great. And like I always used to say to myself, Jesus, I'd love one go at this. I'd love to just get into my own car and even hire a yoke or go to a track or at least somebody that can Give me a look at a car and give me going. I never, I never to this day said to myself, Jesus, now I'm going to build the oak. And like we come to have it started and whatever. But I was always saying, surely there's somebody in Ireland that has a car that could give me a going. Yeah. And like, yeah, they yeah. were, yeah, like, like when you go to England, yeah, there's a couple of things over there, but uh-huh. Ireland seemed to be kind of falling behind on that. Side of it, so we never really there was never really uh, a car there. We kind of it was again we had to go and do it off our own accord. So mm-hmm. yeah, I always said we said I'd love to have a go at this, and there was no reason why I always had the ambition that I was going to go and do it. Yeah, and never my disability was never going to stop me. No, now, you, you again, weren't going to take me for an answer. Happen, you were going to and find that was going to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely think- not. I like anyone that knows me. Craig, mum and dad, anyone that knows me will always tell you, I don't take no for an answer. I'll probably sometimes go, geez, you want to know again, but I don't. I genuinely, once I get something in my head that I know is safe, that I know I'm going to be okay, nine times out of ten, I go, yeah, that's fine. We'll go with that. So it was good. That's how that came about. The whole, I always wanted to drive a car or experience, not even go rallying or go track racing, just experience something. Because there was a, a go kart track not so far from from me that had a hand controlled go kart, and every now and again we used to get the opportunity, mm-hmm. if it was a birthday party or whatever, yeah. get on the hand controlled go kart and go for a spin, and that was great. But I wasn't. It wasn't what you it wanted. Wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't enough. <laughs> it was. It wasn't being the addiction. So yes. we had to go down uh-huh. another route. So that's how it all really started. Mm-hmm. I was navigating, and then I got seen the navigating and said, right. We'll have to see what Stop we dreaming, do let's do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's how we came about, yeah. And the, definitely. And the C2 that you got, that had to be hand-built to your your needs, really, didn't it? Yeah, so the C2 started life as a rallycross car. Mm-hmm. There was a child in County Mead that had it, and he was selling it. And again, how it came about was uh, a friend of mine, Jack Brennan's dad, that you had on there a couple of weeks yes. ago. Mm-hmm. His dad, Peter, was... um looking for a car for me so he said to me look leave it to me I'll get you something and I said now Peter buy me something now that's going to be pretty alright like, don't arrive in with a rust book no yeah. he said leave it to me he said I'll find your machines so lo and behold anyway Peter arrived in and this actually I was lying in bed one morning and this thing arrived in and I looked at the phone and it was a C2 rallycross car and he said what do you think of that and I said you know something is great it's a lovely oak he said, I'd like to smell my and we go look at it. So, taking me the following evening, and I'll never forget it. It was absolutely lashing raining. And the tube was going up through Dublin, and the wind and the rain, I said, this better be worse. <laughs> so he said, look, he said, it's grand. And we kind of left, we we, uh, we left us five or half, five in the evening, and we didn't get home until about 12, one o'clock in, uh, the next morning, early hours of the morning. So we done the deal with the bio, and we bought the C2, and we brought it home. Now, 
the C2 that you all see is actually reshelled into a different car because when we bought the car home, we kind of figured out that the C2 Rallycross car was a bit rope. Mm-hmm. And as as the chaps were building it, they said, look, if you had contact with something, I hit something, it wouldn't be the best. So a friend of mine at the time, his mother was after, I think she was after taking in and or she was after giving up driving. I think something around anyway. And she had a red C2 1.6 that was sitting out the back of a house and he said look he said you can have it I don't want nothing for it have the car and look I know what you want to do with it he, mm-hmm. he said have the car no problem at all so brilliant that was great so we had we had a rallycross car and we had the road going C2 so a friend of mine in um in uh, Wexford Sean Cal NCRS uh, rally prep they said give me down give us down the car two cars and we started so what they done Kevin was obviously they stripped out the road car mm-hmm. and they took they had to do all the scene welding and what whatnot and then they took all the safety cages out and they put it into the C2 ones seats and harnesses and uh that's how it done. But uh, all that's different from my car is it, I obviously it's automatic yes. and at the moment I am in the middle of getting it fully sequential. On the on the WRC paddle, at the moment, at the moment, it is automatic, Mm -hmm. which is kind of it's kind of a nuisance because the car is never going. It's 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 not what it is. But getting Uh, back to the beginning of the car, all it is my car is the roll cage slopes down to the door, and there's a hand control in it. But it's totally what it would be. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely and it's a lovely car to drive. It's great mm-hmm. and it's a great experience. But yeah, it's they took it on board. So what happened was, Kevin, I started building the car in the January in twenty twenty, and obviously COVID struck. Oops. So in the so in the middle of all this, then around February, March, April, my younger uh, my younger brother died in the April. My younger brother passed away. Shame is Lord be good to him. So then I lost the whole fate in the car. Mm-hmm. I, you would obviously yeah, your head is not in it. Uh, no. Something happens like that, you're not going to be in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And the boys could see that I was after taking no interest in it. So fair play to them. They had no work and they said, Right, we're gonna get this project done. And mm-hmm. that's exactly that's exactly what they did. And fair enough to them, I have to take the hat off to Sean and all the boys, including Peter and the own mother and father, everyone kind of rallied around yes. and the car was done. Mm-hmm. And come September, there was a bit of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And it was a great car. We picked it up and went to um, my first event was China above in uh, Galway, which was brilliant. So it was a, it was a great and it, mm-hmm. it's it was a brilliant experience. Yeah. And then, you know, to follow up to that start line on the very first run, like it must have been Shit, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, there's a bit, there's a small bit of a story, you know. So we might as well tell it because, in case it does come out, well, the morning we got up and uh, I drove out to the racetrack and the boys were taking the C2 off the trailer. And uh, like that, you just go up, sign on, nothing major, scrutiny the car. So I bet to be safe into the car. And we're doing the formation lap, and, and the lads said, no, go out. 
and relax. You're not Monte Carlo. You're not Chris Meek. Just chill the beans. Go out and enjoy. I said, yeah, no bother. So I took it out the pit lane anyway. And this fella in front of me was warming the tires. And I said, Jesus, should I be doing that? I said. So I came down the straight and, I, and I, this thing, and I hit the brakes. And I just done that with the, you can just imagine, it, it's like a rod coming up. And I just done that, Kevin. And the whole lot span around in the 360. And the lads were like, mother of Lord God's, what are we after leaving him behind the wheel? And like that, from that day on, I got, it was a crack. It was, geez, and they were like, yeah. it's funny because there was muck flying everywhere and the lads were laughing and even the officials were laughing. Uh-huh. And I just came back in and lined up. And after that, then it was, it was the proper green light at the time. And it was, uh-huh. off we went, never looked back. Brilliant. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. And like that, you know, that has allowed you to fulfill your dream. Like, yeah. Isn't that such an amazing story, really? Isn't it? You know. So. It is. It is. It's a kind of a unique story because, like, you have how would you do it? You have people in wheelchair. They play basketball. You have wheelchair rugby. You have wheelchair hurling. You have people in wheelchair that can swim. You have people in wheelchair that can do shop or javelin stuff mm-hmm. like that. You don't see people in wheelchairs getting into rally cars. Yeah. I'm sure people are there going, like, this man can't use his legs. Yeah. Is he so mad that he wants to get into something that could potentially wipe you out or make a lot worse if it does go wrong? I don't see the danger in it. And that's the thing. That's where it's unique, Kevin. You have to understand, people have to understand, especially... People know me and they know the whole thing of rallying and I know nothing else only rallying. Yeah. For me to get in behind the wheel of that car that day was something unique. Mm. It's, yeah. And still to this day when I get into it, you're kind of going, is this happening? Like a while, yeah. like even when I watch and you're kind of looking out and going, turned out well, but no, I don't. It's, it, it is. And it's, it's a message you send out to everybody, no matter yeah. what your dream is, no matter what you want to do. I know people, I know disabilities, there are some disabilities that are very hard, and I know people, like, that. there's a wide scale of disabilities, like, yes. from, there's me that's not able to walk, somebody's not able to use their upper body that's yeah. not able to walk or talk, like, my, like, but again, I don't really... It was it was something that I always wanted to do, and like I've done it, and yeah. I am doing it. It's, yeah. it's it's amazing. It's amazing the amount of people that support me and go fair play. Because like I said to you before, you don't see it. You yeah. you you don't see it. Yeah. You don't see you 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 are like I'm probably the only one there at the moment. And like, whenever you're sitting on that start line, is there something in the back of your head going, I could be Craig Breen or I could be Chris Meek? <laughs> no. <Are you're>... no. <laughs> no, no, no. Although you know what, like when you when you're lining up, you're kind of going right. This is going to be a brilliant lap now, whatever. And you're kind of it goes sideways, and you're going, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, how in the name of God do they do the job that they do? Like we're only going in China, mm-hmm. and we think that our Craig Green or Chris Me, but it just goes to show you, it's not. It, you don't have to be. Craig Green or Chris need to have a crack. I, I can absolutely understand where them boys are that mm-hmm. like they're at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think in years to come that somebody could go to the world championship mm-hmm. from Ireland, from other country, and go, Well, 
do you know something? I'm in a wheelchair, but there you go. It's not going to stop me. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are a couple of chaps. I don't know if you ever heard of a chap called Albert Levera. He's, uh, he's from Andorra. He was in a skiing accident years ago, and he was that paralyzed from the um from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had a free punto, and uh, it was he done rally Catalonia because my dad came home a, a couple of years ago from Spain, and he was showing me the pictures of this punto, and it was a proper super sixteen hundred mm-hmm. one, and all it had all the proper gizmos on oh, the right. wheels, and I was on the track. The minute I seen it, I was going. Yeah. <laughs> How much did that joke cost? And he finally said, forget about it. I was yeah. young now at the time. This yeah. was a long time ago when the puntos were out. That's, when they were the thing, yeah. That could be 20 odd years ago. But I always remember your man, mm-hmm. Albert Levera. And would you believe Craig actually lives, when Craig was living, uh, when Craig is in Andorra, he was shown, he knows your man, um, your man mm-hmm. Levera, and he was shown him the pictures of the car. And we kind of got friends on Instagram and we were talking yeah. on Instagram. And I'm always sending him a couple of pictures. So uh-huh. he said, and he's always saying to Craig, anytime you're in Andorra, bring your friends. Uh-huh. And I bring him, he have a kind of a, a, a go-can track, but they go winter driving on the oh, ice. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's mad to get me over now. I don't know how, when, when he sees the carry on it is. One day we might get over to it, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. And like, you know, you talk about, you know, this friendship you have with Craig. How did this develop? How, you know, where did, the, where did you, you and Craig meet? I, uh, I, I always knew of the Craig Breen, we call him, right? So uh-huh. Craig lives about 20 minutes away from me. Oh, right, yes. And... I always knew of Craig Breen, and when Craig was in the C2, he was rallying and learning an awful lot, and then he was doing the ST and the Fiestas. And would you believe we went to the same gym? And I used to see him in and out, and I never really knew of him. I, I knew of him, but I never but really got <laughs> speaking to him. And I remember, you're going to laugh at this, but I remember one day going into town, into a shopping centre, and this Subaru, Group N Subaru, I could hear this rumbling. I said to me, he said, what is this coming up behind me? I said, and then he arrives and he had bleach hair at the time. <laughs> and you could see him in the wreck he had. And I said, look, uh, look at your man. I said, I said to me, that's your man. Craig Breen. <laughs> so uh, later on, anyway, uh, fast forward a couple of years, um, Craig and uh, Scott Martin were testing for the first time, you done the soccer event. I don't know. Do you remember that when they were in the two ways? Oh yeah, yeah, and they yeah. Were, uh-huh. So Craig, Craig had the uh, Santa Lock over, and Santa Lock were using the road in Mon and the Vast, which is about again ten minutes from me. So I don't know. Do you know the chap Andrew Parsons? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Andrew, Andrew was running the test. So mm-hmm. I'm friend. I was friends. With Craig's mate John Borden, I don't know if you ever seen him on the videos. Uh-huh. He's the chap that comes around with us. He's a, yeah. We call him a, our mascot. So <laughs> I was friend. I was friends with John, and John introduced me to Craig. And Andrew Andrew rang me one. I think it was one Friday night. He said, "Paddy, would you come up and do a radio? I'm stuck for a chap to do Junction, Peugeot testing, and Craig is up there." So he said, "Yeah, no problem at all." He yeah. said, "Be up four in the morning. Take John." come up so lo and behold Craig invited me over to his house the night before and we were chatting and it was the first time I met Scott Martin 
which again another friendship blossomed out of that arrived lunatic altogether. <laughs> but Craig said, Yeah, James, thanks very much for tomorrow. Brilliant, we'll see you in the morning. So I went home and I went up the next morning at four o'clock and we brought the team up to set up above the hills. And like that, it was um they were their testing for the day. And in fairness to Craig, he said, uh, when the break is on its service, come down and I give you a look at the car. So again, I was being a bit shy. I said, ah, look, you're busy. He said, not at all. Come down, have the bit of rub. He said, show me the car. And I thought no more of it. And uh, I think the Circle of Ireland, they were going to the Circle of Ireland on the, um, on the Tuesday. Or on the, on the Thursday. And he rang on the Wednesday. He said, look, he said, would you like to come up? He said, and spend the weekend with us. And I was saying, yeah, sure. Yeah, he said, come up. There's room in the hotel for you to come up and John will come with you. And so I said, well, lo and behold, anyway, we were up there and we were having the crack and the laugh and he went on to win the rally. And the following week, then I, I turned on more of it. I just nice. said, fair enough, he had me up for the weekend. He was a nice guy. He was a, yeah. Again, we kind of came friends. He was texting me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And about three weeks later, then he rang me and he said, uh, he said, Paddy, how do you, how do you, uh, what do you like at flying? And I said, Friend, I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> I can fly in a plane, I said. And he started laughing. No, he said, with your disability, can you get onto a plane? I said, yeah, no matter. Obviously, when you book a flight, you have to let him know that you have to yeah. have assistance or whatnot. And he said, Jesus, that's brilliant. He said, listen, he said, I'm going over to do a test in a DS3 R5 for Citroen Racing. This when the program was starting up with Citroen Racing, mm-hmm. which I said, and John liked to come with me. And he said, look, you're going to be gone for a bit of a week because we're going to go to uh, my family's villa, which is in Albufeira, and the test was on a portal, which is about an hour's flight. So I said, yeah, just bring that go. And uh, so we went again on the plane, had the crack, had the ball, a laugh, cracking the joke, and the mess was gone. And uh, went to the test, and he showed me again this DS3 and Citroen were there, and stuff like that and we came home and then that was it it started from there and i have to say he's he's he, he's a lovely guy he is and we have a unique friendship and uh i remember then he brought me to manahan another time there's so many stories but uh, mm-hmm. the one that stood out the most even though the whack on tour and the marathon was a brilliant was a brilliant uh achievement but i don't know if you ever remember your uh, De- uh declan brennan had DBM Sports above in Monaghan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had a machine for all the world. Yeah, it's it's called an, an, an Alter G machine. If you look this machine up, mm-hmm. and him and Craig, obviously he's seen me with Craig, and he's seen the wheelchair, and it must have been talking going on or one that. He said, yeah. can Patrick walk? And Craig said, I actually don't know. He said, can he walk? As like obviously I, I never seen obviously in the wheelchair. Craig mm-hmm. said to me, he said, Look, he said, We're going for a spin. I have a surprise for you. So I said to myself, Jesus, okay, where are we going now? Because whenever you went away with Craig, you didn't know were you coming home or were you coming home next week? It was the I mean, it was a story here, you know? Like you could go like do we need a passport and a bag or are we just going <laughs> for chips? Because he's like one of these fellas, you wouldn't know where you ended up. So he said, No, he said, I have to go to Manhattan. I have to go up and look or something. So I said, right, no bother. So we went to Manhattan and uh, up to meet this uh, Declan Brennan, which he was a lovely fella. And he said, uh, he said, can you walk? And I said, nope. 
And he said, right, he said, you're going to walk. And I kind of looked at him and said, what? <laughs> yeah, he said, you're going to walk. And I said, right, okay. And I kind of said to Craig, I, has, I haven't walked about 20 years. I said, I don't think you're going to walk today. And here's Craig. You'll be gone, Paddy. He said, well, you'll be gone. So he brought me into his room, and I'll never forget it. It was like a treadmill. And you sit into it. And it fills you with air. And what it does is the machine fills you with air. And it brings your body weight and your air, and you're able to support like for all the world. <laughs> all I can all I can describe it to you is it's like standing in water. That's <laughs> the equivalent yeah. of it. So I got onto this machine and they harnessed me up. In fairness to me, your man had all the people there and they put me into this machine and they got me going and I took I, I actually took steps <laughs> and Craig was roaring, your man was roaring. So, like, the stories like that about Craig. And it's little unique things that people, even though people know him as the Craig Breen, uh-huh, the man the WRC, season, yeah. like he is. But yeah. apart from that, he's, he's a brilliant person that he's after doing stuff for me and for others that he really is a great friend. Yeah. And I have to say he is now very soon. Yeah. Now, we'll have to qualify this. Never he was asked in Raleigh, Spain, by Conor Edwards, my co-host. Who was the better co-driver? <laughs> he, he allowed the boat and had, he had the 100% record, you know? <laughs> I have to say, I'd have to give it to John Bourne. Because I said, when when I heard that John was doing the rally, I kind of said to myself, oh my God, because John has a street attack. If you can use the word live, yeah. he, he don't like speed. And I kind of said to myself, he's sitting in the car with a head case. Cause that's what Craig is like. Craig would absolutely go out of his way to frighten the largies there. And I kind of said to myself, uh, I give it two stages, and this man is getting nervous. And I said, John, just get in and enjoy it, just do what I do. Mm-hmm. In all fairness, Kevin, he actually done it and done it well. Yeah. He read the notes, and like obviously, he had bragging rights over me. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah Paddy, look, I won the rally. I you was pace notes. Like going, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, but look, it is, yeah, in fairness to him, I have to give John that he is Mr. 100%. So I have to give him, no, I, I, he, he bet me on that one, anyway. So, yeah. but the time being, the time being <laughs> watch this, piece. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'll have to make part two, but, but no, he has, he done brilliant in fairness to me. It was a great, it was a great day for him again to witness that experience of a rally car and whatnot. Uh-huh. So, yeah. He enjoyed it and he got on the podium and sprayed the champagne. Delighted for him. We couldn't have John Rice young for us all. But yeah. Patrick, um, uh, I think that that will wrap it up. So thank you very much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. I've been really enjoyed the chat. No problem at all. And thank you very much for having me, Kevin. Great catching up with Patrick there. Um, like I could have spoken all over to him. He was telling, telling big yarns and big stories. So Patrick, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, so that is episode 39. Um, Best of luck to Aoife and Geraldine this weekend. Uh, wishing them all the best in the Tarmac uh, 2 Rally 4. Um, so, once again, can you please like, share, comment, rate, all those things. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's been a pleasure once again, Connor. So, we'll wrap it up with that. So, until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye.